0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: Huh. What's this? A letter from our listener Tabitha, eh?
2: Oh, yeah, I think we we just got this one this morning.
1: Let's give this bad boy a read. Hi, Short and Curly. I have an ethical dilemma on my hands. My mum and I recently argued about our laying hens. The older hens have been laying less frequently and my mum said at dinner that we might start culling them once they get older. This made me pretty angry. They are pretty much my pets, and I've gotten very attached to them. However, we got them to be egg producers, not pets. We also have a 12-hen limit on our coop, so if they're all old hens, we won't get any eggs. But our current hens are still running around and having lots of fun. I think they should be allowed a few more years of life. So, who's right?
2: Wow, Molly, we've got to figure out how to help Tabitha and her family.
1: Yeah, we've got to find a way to help elderly chickens.
2: Uh, Wait, no, the problem isn't the chickens. It's that Tabitha and her mum had a big fight about their chooks.
1: Carl, I can't think about anything except the poor old chickens who need our help.
2: OK, well, you're clearly on the chicken wagon, but I do think you're missing the main issue here.
1: Nah, 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 man. Today on Short and Curly... My bold plan to help hens when they stop laying eggs.
2: And how to resolve a complicated family fight so dinner tables around the world can remain united.
0: Hello, and today you're listening... Short, you're listening to Short and Curly. And Curly. Yay! Short and Curly! Curly, 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 curly. Short and Curly.
2: OK, so, Molly, I think we should be focusing on feuding families today.
1: And I think that there are a bunch of elderly chickens who need saving.
2: OK, what do you say we start with the chickens?
1: Sounds great. I basically have a solution ready to go. Just give me a minute while I upload
2: this presentation to the cloud. Huh, presentations. OK, well, while you're doing that... Why don't we pause for a quick thinking question? You know the drill. At the fun music, hit pause to think or chat about the question.
1: Sounds good. I'm nearly done,
2: 80%. God, that's a big file. And our first big question is about chickens. What do you think should happen to old chickens like Tabitha's who've stopped laying eggs? Hit pause now.
1: To be honest, Carl, my mind was elsewhere on that one. Do you think elderly chickens would like some super comfy padded
2: perches to rest on? Uh, Maybe, but I'm more concerned right now with Tabitha's family dilemma, and so is our brains trust.
0: It sounds kind of cruel, but if you are willing to give up, like, the relationship of a chicken to get more eggs than you should, because they are just a chicken but if they are more than that to you and they like have actually have a bond with you then you could surely not all 12 will have that bond with you so you could maybe kill a few of them and then get the smaller chickens who will then grow up to be the bigger chickens because in reality it's just a circle of life and they're not going to live forever. It's what do they
1: prefer having being provided with food or having a companion and
0: chickens are also really really intelligent like they speak a verbal language. They're amazing creatures, really smart. I have chickens at home and um, yeah, um, we have chicken the chickens for eggs and sometimes some of the chickens don't lay eggs, we still have them because they're cool. You could also give them away to somebody else who wants chickens but doesn't care if they lay eggs and just wants them as pets. It depends a lot on your situation. Like, if you had a big chicken farm, you'd probably have to kill them once they stopped laying eggs. Otherwise, it would be a problem, it would be bad for business. But, um, I've got, like, Tabitha, 12 chickens, and some of them are young. I think three of them are laying, and four of them are too young to lay. And we still got all the old chickens. They die off eventually, but they still live there.
2: OK, so what's your plan, Molly? I fixed it. Wait, what do you mean, you fixed it?
1: Done, show over. i solved the problem. What? How? Chicken retirement village, baby! Here, let me show you the video. <laughs> I'm so pumped to share my incredible dream with you. After minutes of perseverance, commitment, planning, it's ready. Yeah, that's right, chickens. But not just any old chickens. Well, actually, they are old because today I open my retirement village for hens. I'm letting the whole egg-laying world know that farmers can send their retired hens to me for the aged care they deserve. Thanks to my brilliant idea, Short and Curly HQ will be transformed, and a new era of chicken care begins.
2: Molly, what have you done?
1: What do you mean, what have I done? I had a great idea. Wait, what's that rumbling sound?
2: Look out the window.
1: What are those trucks? No. They're full of chickens. Why are there so many and so soon? Oh, that is a lot of trucks. Holy! Well, mm. Now I, uh, I, <laughs> I guess we better find a chicken coop and something to feed them.
2: Did you do any real planning beyond that funky video?
1: That's not how leaders lead, Carl. Fear not, elderly hens of the world. Come to me. And I mean, surely there aren't that many of you, right? Oh, my goodness. They're just dropping off hundreds of chickens in the lobby.
2: Molly, I think it's time we checked in with someone who has some actual real experience with chickens. And funnily enough, that's the person you're meant to be helping, Tabitha.
0: Okay, well, I'm listening. They somehow managed to get up to, like, an insane amount of ridiculous things. And we have a Houdini hen. Her name is Sparky. And every day I'll come home from school and she's outside the pen. No fence can keep her back.
2: Uh, What about um, your other chickens? What sort of personalities do they have?
0: We have one younger one named Bertha. She likes to like jump on your shoulder and your head sometimes. And is very friendly. Well, Yeah, big personalities for really small animals. (laughs) See, Carl? It's going to be awesome having chickens, and I'm going to
2: take such good care of them.
1: Oh, no, get off my head, chicken. We don't have that kind of relationship yet.
2: Molly, there are chickens literally everywhere in the building, all over our desks, through the lunchroom, and they're destroying the veggie patch outside. Wait a second. Why are all my lunchboxes scattered everywhere?
1: Well, they needed food and I found some for them. In other words, it's under control.
2: This is not control, Molly. It's chaos. Let's see if Tabitha has any other tips for someone new to owning chooks.
0: A question just like people are just dumping their chickens off here. Okay, I would say be prepared for catastrophe. They they poo a lot, especially in the mornings. So I would say if you're going to have like... many chickens that you're probably gonna either want like a team of employees or like some sort of machine to clean and if it's a retirement home then they're gonna be old meaning they'll probably die like really soon so i would just say that you have to be be used to the death of your chickens
1: Cool, 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 chickens dying. And lots and lots of poo. Very handy advice, Tabitha.
2: Unbelievable. Your plan is going really great.
3: Ah, hey, you two. How come there are chickens literally everywhere?
1: Three words, Matt. Chicken, retirement, village.
2: Uh, I think he's going to need a little more explanation than that.
3: Ah, you mean a place for chickens who don't lay eggs anymore and therefore aren't useful to their owners but still need taking care of.
2: Ah, turns out you didn't need any more
3: explanation. It's a big idea, Molly. A new dawn for old chooks. I know. I'm surprised no one's ever thought of it before. Well, maybe it's not that surprising when you consider how we usually think about animals. What do you mean? There's this idea from a German philosopher named Immanuel Kant about how we value things. He thinks that some things have a price, which means we can trade them, buy them or sell them. But other things are priceless. They have dignity. When we say something has dignity, it means they have to be treated with respect. It means we can't just use them however we like.
2: But we do use chickens, don't we? For example, we use them to produce eggs.
3: Exactly. And that's because we often don't think about animals as having dignity. We tend to think only humans do. Partly, that's because of Kant, who believed dignity was for humans who can think and reason.
1: But was he right? Do chickens have dignity? Or are they basically just there for us to use?
3: It's not clear. We do buy and sell chickens, but that doesn't tell us if we should. Animals aren't just here for us, even if they can be useful.
2: So if we believe chickens have dignity, that means no more eggs. So
3: no more meringues and omelettes? Not necessarily. Saying someone or something has dignity and deserves respect doesn't mean we can't use them. It just means we can't only use them. Think about your bus driver. You use them to drive you around, but you're also polite to them and they get paid for their work and it's wrong to yell at them or abuse them. That's using the bus driver to get you where you want to go, but also respecting them at the same time.
1: So I wonder if it's the same for chickens. We can use them for eggs, but also give them respect and treat them well?
3: Some people think so. But it might take a lot of fancy, expensive coops, great food and a whole lot of space to roam. Even then, some people think that using animals is always wrong. That by taking animals outside their natural environments, breeding them in ways that suit our needs, you know, that kind of stuff doesn't seem like something you'd do if you thought that a creature had dignity.
1: OK. Well, I've made a good start because all the chickens at my retirement village are fully free range. They can literally roam wherever they like.
2: Oh, my God, they're breaking into the short and curly hangar. Oh, I I think they're stealing the keys to our private jet and spaceship.
1: Hmm, OK... Yeah, maybe we shouldn't let chickens use heavy machinery. <laughs> mm, I'll be right back. Chickens, drop those keys!
2: OK, well, it's great that Molly's trying to help the world's elderly chickens in her own unique way, but I think it's time we pay attention to the real problem for today's episode how Tabitha and her mum Amber navigated through the stormy seas of this tricky conversation. Matt, you with me, buddy?
3: Always. Besides, I don't want to leave this studio until Molly's found a way to clean up all the poo out there. Good point.
2: So just a reminder, when some of the chooks stopped laying, Amber, that's Tabitha's mum, suggested that it might be time to cull those chickens and that if they were going to kill them they should also eat them. That's when she got a big shock at Tabitha's response.
4: I remember you getting very, very angry and blowing up and leaving the room. But, yeah, you lost it. I did. I'm usually
0: straight to anger. I don't really have an interim. It's usually just, like, anger. I'm more of the quietly kind of seething type,
4: and then will like blow my top I don't really remember how the conversation started but I've been constantly pushing this idea about being resilient and about because we're meat eaters trying to be responsible meat eaters is really hard and I just thought that if we're going to eat it we should eat one that has had a good life but Tabitha has always been, nope, I can't eat our chickens. And if we have, you know, if we get whatever, cows or whatever, I can't eat them. And I would always go, I would always push the button like, but you're, you're okay with eating somebody else's cow or you're okay with eating, you know, chickens. And this is kind of how it started, where it was just one of these really agitated family discussions that we tend to have over dinner. And she
3: Anger can be a helpful emotion that tells us we care about something and that there might be something wrong. But it can also make it hard to have a discussion.
2: Yeah, it doesn't sound like getting angry was very helpful here.
3: Still, in this case, Tabitha's anger also made her mum realise that this was a really big deal. Yeah, and let's find out what
2: Amber was thinking after Tabitha stormed off.
4: I felt terrible afterwards. And I feel terrible anyway. I mean, we've had a lot of really interesting um, experiences with the chickens. And we don't want to kill chickens. Like, it's gross. It's hard to kill a chicken when they're sick. You have to kill them. And it's really hard. So to harvest one, and the one that we were talking about, I think it might have been Domino
0: or maybe even Sparky because she's a bit older. Oh, I wouldn't have eaten Sparky. No.
4: See, I've, even I have, like, these levels of which chickens we could eat and which we couldn't. So, yes, I, I certainly wouldn't have the same conversation now.
3: Did you see how Amber said there's no way that she'd eat Sparky, one of their favourite chooks, which shows that actually... She and Tabitha are kind of on the same page, which isn't how the discussion felt at first.
2: So let's see what happened when things settled down. Did they find a way through the great chicken dilemma?
4: I remember going and talking to her. She was really upset. And um, I remember, I believe, expressing that I recognise that she does all of the work. And I really recognize that they are her hands, and that I I think, if I remember rightly, I said that I wouldn't, that that would never happen without her consent. Is that right, Taz?
0: Yeah, I do remember that part. It definitely cooled it down because I, d- I didn't know whether it was to be taken like literally, um,
3: which was like freaking me out. Sometimes in the heat of a conversation, key points get missed. Coming back and explaining what you really mean and seeing if you understand the other person's point of view can really help. And what about Tabitha? Did she
2: feel better after spending some time alone in her room?
0: Definitely, yeah. I had 10 minutes of, like, steaming quietly in my room and then me realising, like, that there was kind of a way through it and that there was a different perspective on it
3: as opposed to mine. Big kudos to Tabitha. It takes a lot of bravery to accept that some people might have a different perspective and that it's okay for there to be a different perspective. Maybe we can even learn from it.
4: Hmm.
0: Um, well, I think if I, if I knew that piece of it, I think I'd probably try and kind of talk a bit more about it. There wasn't a lot of talking on my end. It was just like... No. So I feel like I would have stuck around a bit longer and tried to communicate a bit more.
3: One of the coolest things about this is that Tabitha and Amber were both happy to talk about their argument, to explain how they felt and to learn from it. It's not bad to disagree. It's not bad to have big feelings. Sometimes we will lose our temper.
2: Yeah, I guess at the end of the story, Tabitha and Amber came back and had another go at trying to understand each other. And that is pretty cool.
3: Yeah, it is, buddy.
2: Whoa, Molly, you have so many claw marks all over you.
3: (sighs) Yeah,
1: I opened up a few bags of chicken feed and those little cluckers just kind of started swarming.
2: Ah, oh, so it's all going well out there then.
1: Hmm. And we've run out of water. And they somehow tarred and feathered my whole office when I stopped them from joyriding in our jet.
2: Ah, oh, bummer. So,
1: you know, <laughs> still a few kinks, but it's really close. And I want you to be the first person to witness it in all its glory when it's done. Back soon. Ta ta! <laughs> Oh, God, they're everywhere.
2: Oh, great. Can't wait to see how you've destroyed our office. Well, while you do that, let's take a moment for our final thinking
3: question, eh, Matt? Sure. So we've just heard a story about a big disagreement that started off not feeling great and ended with both people feeling a lot better. So can you think of a time when you've had a
2: disagreement at home or school that didn't feel good? And now, if you had your time again, is there anything that you would do differently? Hit pause now.
1: Okay, Carl, I'm so excited. It's time to show you my completed chicken retirement village
2: with a special VIP tour. All right, Momo, if that'll make you feel better, I'm sure you've tried really hard... (gasps) Oh, my, look at this glorious place. Have I died and gone to heaven?
1: Yeah, that's right, Hader. Behold, the majesty of my dream.
2: Wait, how did you install giant clear plastic tubes all through the building like this? And the chickens are all just happily running around through them.
1: Yep, with a bit of sticky tape, and a whole lot of vision, we've created a network of tunnels throughout the whole building.
2: Hang on, we?
1: Yeah, the whole Short and Curly staff chipped in, thanks to Short and Curly producer Kyla Slavin. Heard of her?
2: Whoa, what is
1: this? Rotating vertical gardens. The tops for growing, the bottoms for mowing. As in, the chickens eat it. And they rotate, bringing endless food.
2: And what's the new building in the car park that's connected to the tubes?
1: Oh, that little thing? The day spa. Designed by executive producer Justine Kelly, every week we let a few hens in there to just chill out.
2: This is amazing. I want to retire here one day. (sighs) Along with my Brains Trust buddies from Anula Primary School in Darwin. Maggie, Fair and Me, Leo, Ollie, Esher and Marjorie.
1: Oh, please, come. My vision is for chickens only. But I have also been thinking about a retirement village for people. I call it Curly Acres.
2: No, no one could dream that big. It'll never work.
1: Or will it, Carl? Or will?
0: This has been an ABC podcast. Check out the ABC Kids Listen app. It's full of educational and entertaining
1: audio programs.
2: And we have one more thing to tell you about today. Oh, Carl, not so loud. There's a podcast by some of my excellent friends at ABC Science that you and your younger siblings should totally check out.
1: Carl, please don't yell into the microphone. This is very uncomfortable.
2: It's called Noisy by Nature, hosted by ABC's nature nerd, Ann Jones, and it introduces you to the weird and wonderful sounds of the natural world.
1: OK, buddy, the only one who is truly noisy by nature here is you. So I'm switching your microphone off now.
2: Molly, can you still hear me?
1: Find Noisy by Nature on the ABC Listen app.
2: Molly, please let me yell at the microphone some more.